I've heard people say that there's too many dolphin podcasts floating around out there. But I beg to differ. There's just a lot to talk about. Especially on the weekends. So we're going to bring back an old friend. Pour that Merlot and Corvassier. Because we're bringing back Savak. Talk to him, Savak. Good evening, Finn Maniacs. Happy Saturday. We have a debut show for you all. And I couldn't be happier because we have two of my favorite people. The first person I'm bringing on is the host, the voice of God, as I like to call him, Savak Melton. Savak, how are you, sir? Pretty fantastic. As I like to say to everybody, another day in paradise. You are too kind, Zarni. You know that? <laughs> oh, man, I try, I try. But this is your show. You're going to be bringing us Saturdays with Savak nightly on these weekends. And once we're in season, it'll be the perfect way to kind of kick us off heading into Sundays. And speaking of heading into Sundays, a man who knows a lot about dolphins on Sundays and basically every other day of the week, the Fish Tank co-host, a man who has been in many of a building from the dolphins in their history of many buildings, Seth Levitt of the Fish Tank. How are you, Seth? I couldn't be better than to spend a Saturday night with Jason Sarney and my man Savak. So, I mean, this is this is what it's all about. Thrilled to be here. I love it. So I'm going to kick and it over. And the inaugural guest. Like, I don't know if I've ever been the inaugural guest of anything. There was only one man in mind. One yeah. man in mind. Take the mic. Oh, take my. it away. And I'm going to be hanging out with you all, but you guys rap a little bit. No, I know we were talking a little bit about some uh, early on memories. And, you know, it's funny that we have you here, Seth, because there has been a question I have actually wanted to ask you for a while because I'm just so curious. So when you first started working for the Dolphins, what was that first day like? The first day, you made it sound like, you know, back when they had leather helmets and, um, yeah, so that first day, I mean, you're talking 1996, man, so that was a long, long time ago, and it was, well, you know what it was? Uh, I grew up, and I might have told you guys this in the past, but I grew up a huge fan of this team and uh, really set my whole career path with one goal, and it was to work in, in that building uh, in Davie. I used to go to the practices as a kid. Well, early on, I did. I went to practices at St. Thomas. But once they moved to Davie, and I would sit there, and I'd look on the other side of the fence, and I would wonder, how do those guys – like, what do those guys do? I know I'm never going to be wearing a helmet and, and shoulder pads and jersey because that's – you know, there were no delusions of grandeur there. But those guys – you know, who are the guys driving around in the golf carts? Who's the guy who's picking up the garbage cans and moving it around? Who, who are the guys wearing the suits and, and ties and getting to stand on the field? How do I get to be one of those guys? And so I kind of set out on that path and uh, and landed an opportunity to to uh, score an internship there in the media relations department under the legend Harvey Green. And, you know, remember showing up for my first day and kind of walking into that building. And, and you know, I don't know what the language rules are here. I'm not in a fish tank. So but it was kind of a holy bleep moment. Let like, it go. Here, no man. bleeps here. You can let it go. No bleeps? Okay. <laughs> it uh, yeah, well, it was definitely a holy shit moment. And to walk in. And, you know, and, and I love the way Davey's set up. And I know they're leaving Davey and the new facility looks spectacular just from the outside looking in. 
but you know, just the way they had those two staircases that kind of go across, and then the you know the the Lombardi trophies are from the seventies are sitting there above the uh, above the entryway for um, you know where the reception desk is, and it was just like this is where I work now, you know, and so that was really very special. But I was also you know, in some ways scared shitless. Like I did not want to mess that up. I had spent almost my whole life trying to get there. Um, did you guys ever see the movie School Ties? Yes. School Ties with Brendan Fraser and the great Jewish movie. kid went to the, right. So, you know, and he, when he goes to the school, he, he hides, uh, you know, he's, he's got, I think the star David and he hides that. I wore for years all through high school. My parents bought me a gold necklace with a with a dolphin's charm and I'd proudly wear it outside of my shirt. Like we look like we tended to do there in the late eighties, early nineties. And uh, man, I took that thing off and I didn't wear it for an entire year. Cause I just did not want to be associated with being a fan. Not that, you know, we love our fans, but I didn't, I wanted people to know that I was there for serious business. I was there to work. I was there to try and earn a job. And uh, yeah, man, that was the start of it all. And that was like I said, 1996. It was a minute oh, wow. ago, as the kids say, Savak. Ah, that's kind Been of funny, actually. It's funny that I was sitting, I was agreeing with you on the late 80s and early 90s like I was there, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've seen pictures. Talking... <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've seen the movies and everything. That's yeah, right. <laughs> this is a little bit of a retread, that story. I saw a house party. I, I do recall that specifically. I remember that story. I remember editing that video and putting that. Uh, that oh, you can cut all this out. Let's do something a little more interesting. I'm hey, running out I'm of cool material on YouTube here. I am curious, though. Uh, so I don't know if we covered this though that first time. How did you first become a, a Dolphins fan? Did you uh, were you like everybody else? I don't want to say everybody else. Most other people got it from their parents or. My stepfather was very much into the Dolphins, and his his father would get tickets to the games, and we went to games at the Orange Bowl, and um, and you know, and they're the local team. It was not, uh, mm. you know, I don't I don't have any magical story like Sarney does, where the Merino jersey was gifted <laughs> from from dad, or you know, I don't have anything like that. And I was, um, it, you know, again, I, I'm I'm about to be 48 years old. So if, you know, Dan Marino was drafted in 83, I was 10 years old. I mean, that was prime time for a young kid to be exposed to the greatest gift to the offensive passing game, um, you know, in the history of, of the sport. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, when you have Dan Marino and the Marx brothers and all those things, I, I mean, it's kind of hard not to fall in love with what was going on. Oh, without a doubt. See, I love that. So what was your first game that you were able to see live? What was, which one? I went to a, uh, you know, and, and I, I should have looked. This is bad, terrible that I, I don't have the answer. I should have <laughs> looked this up. But I went, I did see Bob Greasy play. Um, and so I, I did go to a game. And, but I, you know, I, I feel like I have this memory. I could be, this could be complete <laughs> fantasy here. Sorry, what was Greasy's last game? Because I feel like I went to a game and Greasy got hurt. I, I wish I could jump in with this right answer, but I mean, I can't. I can't guess there. I don't know. Well, I mean, you have Google. Come on. Oh, you want me to Google? I'll, I'll play that role. I'll play that's that all right. Role. I got it, man. It's okay. See, that's why you're you. Right in the background, like you said. That's exactly. why you're you. I'm just enthralled with your story. I'm just like sitting here like this. I'm 1980. Gotta, that makes sense. There you go. That makes sense. Because no, my stepfather came into my and I was, um, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm about to be 48 years old. So if you know Dan Marino was drafted in '83, I was 10 years old. I mean, that was prime time for a young kid to be exposed to the greatest gift to the offensive passing game, um, you know, in the history of, of the sport. And mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, when you have Dan Marino and the Marx Brothers and all those things, I mean, it's kind of hard not to fall in love with what was going on. Oh, without a doubt. See, I love that. So what was your first game that you were able to see live? What was Which one? I went to a, uh, you know, and, and I, I should have looked. This is bad, terrible that I, I don't have the answer. I should have <laughs> looked this up. But I went, I did see Bob Greasy play. Um, and so I, I did go to a game. And, but I, you know, I, I feel like I have this memory. I could be, this could be a complete <laughs> fantasy here. Sorry, what was Greasy's last game? Because I feel like I went to a game and Greasy got hurt. I, I wish I could jump in with this right answer, but I mean, I can't, I can't guess there. I don't know. Well, you have Google? Come on. Oh, you want me to Google? I'll, I'll play that role. I'll play that's that role. all right. I got it, man. It's okay. See, that's why you're it's new. in the background, like you said. That's exactly. why you're you. I'm just enthralled with your story. I'm just like sitting here like this. I'm 1980. Like, I gotta... That makes sense. There you go. That makes sense. Because no, my stepfather came into my life in 1980, mm -hmm. and so he took me to a game that makes sense. And uh, and I like I remember a Colts game and Greasy getting hurt is what I remember. And um, that's kind of all I remember. And I you know I didn't know who anybody was. I really was just kind of learning it all at that point. Mm -hmm. But it got it, it really quickly became a passion of mine. Um, I cried at a game where they lost to the Cowboys and my, you know, my mother was just, I was inconsolable and she, you know, was trying to tell me it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. You don't understand. And, you know, all that nonsense. And, and, and then people who knew me, you know, by the time I got to high school, I had, you know, a dolphin sweatsuit with the double orange Mark Clayton wristbands. And, you know, any Monday that they, that following a, a W, I showed up in that. And so people didn't have to read the newspaper. They didn't have to watch the game. They knew exactly the results when I showed up to school. I hear so many stories kind of like Seth's where you had your, your stepfather took you, and that, that's cool, and it sounds like a really, you know, I don't even know what the word is for it, but it's, it's a very memorable moment. It's kind of almost enchanting. See, my dad was not such a man. Now, he, was a, he is a diehard Dolphins fan, but he's also a bit of a cheapskate. So I think <laughs> – the Dolphins could be playing in his backyard, and he'd still probably elect to watch it on TV. Keep the lights off. You know how expensive that is? <laughs> I didn't catch my first live game until 2016. Uh, and, in fact, it's a game that you guys probably remember. Uh, down there in Miami, we were playing. Uh, Arizona came down to town. It was it's just The rain Tannehill, game. Tannehill got hurt in. The rain game. It was just pouring at the end. Well, the yeah, old yes, rain yes, game, yes. but it was like literally pouring yeah. where you saw it on TV. Like, just pouring. Yeah, that one. So I, I made that game. It was a dramatic win, and the field goal that ended up sealing it for us ended up getting kicked on our side of the field. It was awesome. I was tore up from the floor up, man, because we were just, you know, throwing back beers. So it was awesome. And uh, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy that I went with, he's uh, he was a Cardinals fan. I guess I say was like he's not anymore, but still is. And I, I bought him these. Uh, yeah, I was like, is he still alive or just doesn't cheer for him anymore? <laughs> no, no, he's still alive. And uh, his, oh, his wife his wife was also with us. She's a Patriots fan. Yeah, I was waiting for the reaction. Very nice. Thank is you. Is she Jay. like a real Patriots fan or she's a fan of winning? You know what? That has yet to be determined. As far as I know great this question. point. Still a Patriots fan. She has not jumped to. Like I have an uncle who grew up in Boston, and he's a Patriots fan. And like, okay, yeah. But people who are these, uh, you know, they started to root for the Patriots when Tom Brady started winning Super Bowls. I don't call them Patriots fans. Understand? I, and that's their right. I just, you know, that's a little different to me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that makes sense. As far as I know, she's a Patriots fan. <laughs> I'm calling out your friends, Mikey. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it's okay. We, we've gone off the rails. This is not how any of us wanted to spend a Saturday night. I wasn't aware there were rails, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we were walking. It's your wall, brother. It's your wall. This is your party. Oh, really? I just wandered in here. I didn't know anything was going on. <laughs> But uh, I, they, they were actually expecting at the time. It was, it was sweet. She was, um, you know, I don't even remember how far along she was. Like I said, we, I was tore up from the floor up, man. We were drinking so much. Tore so, up from the floor up. I love and, that. And uh, I bought, I, I bought some uh, Arizona Cardinals pacifiers. <laughs> love give that. To yeah, I know. It was great. You know, it was, it was kind of an either way. It was, I was going to give it to him after the game. Ended up working out really well that Miami won because then I'm like, here you go, big guy. <laughs> and he opened him up, popped one. It was hilarious. So well, while you were uh, tracking down uh, memory lane, I, I did a little research because Google is running in the, La- uh, the Levitt household. Um, so it turns out in 1980, October 5th, it looks like, October 5th, 1980, uh, the Dolphins, did they play host? Yep, they were in the Orange Bowl. Lost to the Colts, then Baltimore Colts, 30-17. to 17, And Greasy got uh, hurt in that game and uh, didn't finish. Woodley did, and then he played in the next game. And I don't know. I didn't look any further. So it looks like that was my first ever Dolphins game, October 5th, 1980. Very Appreciate cool. you guys uh, forcing me to do a little research. Absolutely. Look, you never know. That might come up again later. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I'll be far better equipped. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. See, that's why I was so upset, though. It's 2016, my first live game. Let's see. How old am I now? How many years ago was that now? Yeah, it'd be like, what, 16? Something like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Pounding oh, beers? See, you're too kind. 20, what am I, 20, 29, 24, 24. I thought I wasn't prepared, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know how Hey, I have I no am. requirements with podcasters on this show. There's no screen. This is exactly. Saturday night. Who knows what the, what things have looked like earlier. <laughs> so. We're doing we're doing great, though, guys. I, you I, didn't live in South really Florida. So in fairness, neither of you guys live down here. I used mm-hmm. to go. I mean, and it was – and look, I know I'm the old guy, and I do the old guy show – um, which is probably not doing me any favors right now when I say that. To try to get people listening. <laughs> but I know we talk to players from the past. We love nostalgia and good stories in the fish tank. But I, I did remember as a kid at the Orange Bowl, and it was just such a different environment because, you, like, when the game was over, you could jump over onto the field side. You jump over the bar in the Orange Bowl and go grab if they didn't if they left a water bottle on the on the bench or you know, and then just run back up and nobody cared. And then the player parking lot was open. It was open access. You would stand outside of the locker room and guys would players would walk out of the locker room and be faced with fans. And then you could just walk through the parking lot and get autographs and hear things that you shouldn't hear as an 11-year-old kid as uh, players are talking to fans of theirs. Um, it was just a different experience than it is now. Uh, and kind of crazy looking back at it, especially having worked – for a professional sports franchise and thinking about how open things were back then. Pretty crazy. I love that. Hearing things that you shouldn't hear from players talking to their fans. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Mark Clayton good. taught me some things for sure. And not, he didn't know who I was, but I was just like, okay. <laughs> 
See, unfortunately, I, I did not get the opportunity to witness Dan Marino's greatness as he was playing. Um, I think I barely caught the the the, the very end part portion. Of his, <sighs> I'm of feeling his career. old. Yeah, you really want to feel old. Your first game, I was not going to be born for another eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Bob, what's going on with that headband, man? What is what? Did you wear that to work, or is that like, did your wife come home from yoga class and you just grabbed it to keep the hair out of your face? What's I'm gonna going to say that? half and half right now, because uh, <laughs> yes, I did wear it to work because uh, technically I'm still at work. Okay. Yes. See, I work from home. Yeah. Well, we all kind of do these days. It's true. But uh, yeah, true story though. I I do. I wear it to keep the hair out of my face, and then this uh, my headset also helps out. It's pretty cool. Makes sense. But uh, I know it, it. I threw it on kind of sloppily. Normally, it looks a little bit cleaner. I'm the last guy who should be making hair jokes. <laughs> I mean, we could go down that road if you'd like to. <laughs> it's all good. It's all open. Here. It's all. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Let's see. Uh, when I first started, when I first started watching, the quarterback was. Mr. Jay Fiedler, who we Good had man. the uh, yeah great opportunity to talk to, which, by the way, that was a surreal interview for me. I, th I feel like we kind of went on a run there. We were talking to a bunch of guys from that era, and so I'm sitting there starstruck or trying my best not to be. So I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you're, you're right here. <laughs> like, I remember that one game. Oh, wow, you know. Uh, I think the biggest one, though, to me was uh, Chris Chambers. Because a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people don't quite give him his due respect, but uh, he managed to become, uh, what, did, what did he end up finishing? I think he was fourth all-time in Dolphins history in receiving yards. And somewhere, yeah, somewhere up there with, with touchdowns too, and he's the only one in the top five that did not play with Dan Marino. And I feel like that should, that should count for something. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Chris was a great player. Um, and I think... Uh... It's interesting to hear Chris. I forget where I heard him say it, and then he said it again on our show. But he he talked about how um, you know he probably could have and should have been a little bit more of an alpha, um, which you know the receiver has the receiver position has a reputation of being the diva position. I, to me, I look at receivers; they kind of have the NBA player mentality. Um, and Chris was more quiet, more reserved, confident in his own abilities, but he just wasn't that guy. Uh, and it's interesting to hear him now say how he wished he had been more assertive in that regard. But you talk about all the tools. I mean, he just could – he was so smooth athletically, could run like the wind, could jump out of the gym, um, perfected that, you know, that tiptoe uh, on the sidelines catching those passes. Um, so, yeah, Chris was and, – and certainly in that era – where there wasn't a lot of offensive firepower, you know, he was a major weapon for this team. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure yeah. he does too. <laughs> He's good people. I, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed talking to him like probably even more than I should have. Cause I mean, wow, dude, but uh, I couldn't help but ask myself or ask him rather if he could still run a four three He's uh, he did not hesitate. Said absolutely not. I was gonna say, there's no way he said that. There's no way he said. But this. he did toss in a little gem where he had actually run into uh, Coach Flores, and Coach Flo actually asked him, like, "Dude, can you still play?" And like, cool. like, no, man, I'm far beyond it. You know, I think he was to a ten years removed, something like that. 
And uh, yeah. but even still, I was like, you know what? Are you sure, man? You should, probably should have went out there anyways. Just uh, you know, go jog around a little bit, catch a couple, right. and see what happens. Maybe you should have taken eight years off and then changed positions and come back to play. Right? That... <laughs> hey, what you guys do up there in Jacksonville. If Tim Tebow could do it, why don't we bring Chris Chambers back and see if we can make him an H back? There Thank you. Go. you. Let's just get him involved. Hey, man, you can still run and gun a little bit, right? Yo, what is the deal with that? I was thinking about that, though, uh, today. I know we're, we're, we're all Dolphins fans. It's supposed to be kind of a Dolphins show, but can't help it. Just like Seth said, I live in Jacksonville, so I can't avoid any of this stuff that's going on. And I'm wondering if maybe Tim Tebow is just a distraction. Because imagine... Are you saying an intentional distraction? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna yes. say no. No, 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 not, not, not for the locker room. It's to a lightning rod for the media. Because notice, nobody's yeah, talking that, that about that. Is Trevor so counter to the way coaches are programmed. That is just not what they do. They're yeah. not all Urban Meyer. No, but that's I just I I, uh, I don't know <laughs> Urban. Um, I you know I went to University of Florida. Gator fan, cheered for all of his teams. Was a huge Tim Tebow fan for quite some time, um, and. Uh, uh, but I, I, there's just, I cannot fathom that anybody sat and said, let's throw this out there to distract the media and have them go crazy and criticize us and, you know, and all of these yeah. things so that we can focus on ball on this side. I don't, I don't see it, my man. That's, uh, yeah. You know, that's I, I, to me, it's a case of, of, um, nepotism. Well, in some ways it is, but it, look, here's the deal. It, Urban Meyer was more successful with Tim Tebow than any other player, right, in his career. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so I'm sure he looks at Tim as a, a, almost like a son in a lot of ways. And I'm sure that all of the things that he wanted in a football player, Tim Tebow brought to his locker room yeah. at the University of Florida. And maybe he feels that some of those things could be infectious in this locker room. But Urban Meyer, like many a coach who have come from – uh, the college environment is mm -hmm. going to learn that he ain't in Kansas anymore. Like this is, these are <laughs> grown men who a lot of them probably have resentment towards Tim for fair or unfair, or just don't aren't the raw, raw stuff doesn't work in the same way. Not saying that motivation isn't important in the NFL and inspiration isn't, isn't important, but um you know, so I do think there's a risk in making that decision, but that's his right to make that choice because yeah. he's getting paid a whole lot of money. So that's a, that, the only thing I have. Like, I think it's crazy. I it think is. that this is not a sport where you can just walk away for eight years and show back up and, and play. Um, I'm sure Tim's in incredible shape, and I'm sure he's going to practice as hard as anybody in all of those things. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he struggled to make rosters uh, at, at his – natural position quote-unquote natural um and then to change positions now i think is going to be very difficult and very challenging and then is it worth it to just have him as a camp body but look he might surprise us all and they may keep him on the roster for whatever reason uh i i you know i do think it's crazy what i don't understand i mean i understand it and i've heard it from people who i know and and I heard Bart Scott go off on about this. I know Joy, Jason's sister, has uh, her feelings about it. The idea that, oh, he's taking a spot away from somebody else, I um, that I have, you know, like no time for. You know, yeah, those coaches 
are they're putting their careers on the line, their jobs on the line with their roster decisions. And if this is the decision he wants to make now, that's on him. Some kid who couldn't get a job because Tim Tebow got a job, well, damn it, he's probably not real good to begin with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, like, he's not – you know, Travis Kelsey isn't getting released for Tim Tebow. Exactly. Um, you know, Mike Jacecki's not getting released for Tim Tebow. So, you know, uh, I the guy who should get the chance, whoever is next in line in the world of tight ends after Tim Tebow, somebody's going to call that guy up at some point anyway. So I that, that whole issue – um, or that whole narrative I don't agree with. But do I think Tim Tebow is going to make an impact on the football field for Jackson Jaguars? I, I No. <laughs> Very well played. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about other teams or whatever, but that's my opinion. I don't know, but I, I, I do agree with you. I think I, I tweeted something to that extent, too, is I'm pretty sure that he just brought in Tim Tebow to help him establish that culture for the exact for same sure. reason that, that you said. This was – like the most winningest quarterback he's had. That's the best player that he's worked with, the best connection that he's formed with a player. Why would he not? Who would be better at helping the locker room or helping Urban establish that culture? In the well, that room? argument, well, I mean, he should be able to establish it, right? He's getting paid a whole lot of money as a leader to establish the culture. Yeah. Um, but uh, if he feels that that's going to help, then that's his prerogative to do so. That's why he's the head coach. Exactly. And I, I, I was looking, I know the uh, the free agent market in terms of tight ends wasn't great. I saw uh, Trey Burton. I don't know if they looked at the free agent market. Where's Tebow? They did him not. Up. <laughs> I don't they know if that was look for Tebow. Tebow was like 30 miles that way. He was already here, okay? <laughs> they just called him up said, hey, you know, you, you want to come in? We'll just run some routes. We'll see what's going on, you know. It, yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Very. It'll be a whole lot of coverage and probably piss off a whole lot of people. And I say that, and then there will be a tremendous amount of people that will lose their minds and love every minute of it. So um, that's just, he's a polarizing individual. As I said, I cheered for him, uh, you know, in in the best and worst of ways when he wore orange and green. <laughs> uh, orange and green. Uh, orange and blue and and wanted him to um to be successful in the nfl and you know it is what it is but i definitely think we're we're no longer in the diva era from a public yeah. relations standpoint real quick if you were in that organization in the role that you had with the dolphins would you be just like loving your job at the moment or would you be like i can't believe this is a circus oh man that's a great question and you know i was the yeah, number three guy so i probably wouldn't even i would have just been watching from afar I think, you know, Amy Palsik, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal PR pro professional, um, is is now the head of that department. And Amy will be great. And, and Amy will handle it uh, as well as anybody can. But um, it's, you know, it just depends. If you don't if you don't mind being busy and you want to deal with all the national writers and get, get press for your uh, organization, um, you know, all of those things are going to happen and it'll be fun and it'll be wild. And it'll be one of those things when you're old like me and somebody gives you a podcast, you can look back and tell, well, we brought Tebow in after eight years and, you know, and there'll be great stories to tell. So from that standpoint, I'm sure it'll be interesting and make, make the job fun and exciting and help you get through camp uh, when camp can be monotonous and awful. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a wild ride uh, in Jacksonville this year. No, I am a little bit, uh, pissed off at the schedule this year because um, Miami was supposed to be coming back 
to play Jacksonville, and instead that game is now going to be in London, which, you know. Just outside of Jacksonville. <laughs> a stone's yeah. throw, easily, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, so, perhaps they don't ever want to play in Jacksonville again. Um, uh, you know, I don't. Why? It, it, that was our first win last year. Yeah, you know, well, that fair, fair. I, I just have memories of. I know, was there too. I was that game. Yeah. The, fir- the first extra point bounced off the seat in front of me. My wife does not believe me, but and I, she swears I could enough. But if I would not have been on the phone at that exact second with her. No, with my dad, actually, ironically <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> if I had not been on the phone with him at that exact moment, I believe I could have caught that ball. Who was getting charged for the call? You or your dad? <laughs> did he call you a collect? Know, man. Huh? <laughs> I said, did he call you a collect? No. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I, I think we both have unlimited plans. So technically, we were both getting charged. I should probably still send him a bill regardless. Like you know what, Dad? Just you—you you owe me for that ball. Oh, <laughs> uh, too funny. Too oh funny. yeah, he's a trip, man. Uh, I don't know if he's probably not even going to go to the game up when Miami goes to play in Tampa. He lives in Tampa. For everybody who you know is listening, that's why that's pertinent information. I was thinking about going to that one, but uh, you know the tickets were going to be so much cheaper right here in Jacksonville, and I live like 15 minutes from the stadium, so I figured that would be a great. You know, go and do that just like we did last year. Hey, but you live like three minutes from your couch, and so <laughs> you'd be able to watch the game. And now That's you cute. understand where my dad is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am curious. Are you guys going to be attending any games this year? You just guys, as in me and Sarney, like together? I mean, I could be. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with great. that, but. Uh... <laughs> I think we'll probably be finding our own ways if we run into each other at a game that will be welcomed. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be attending any games. Um, I really don't know. I do know there's some exciting things in store for the fish tank uh, this year. Um, So, you know, being a part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network has been just uh, nothing short of a blessing. And last year was a lot of fun. I think this year it's going to go to another level. Whether or not we'll be at games, I, I don't. I, OJ goes to the games. OJ definitely goes. I've got, gotten really comfortable, as I said, on the couch in my own house. There's about three different people that I text during the games as if they're sitting next to me. I got so spoiled sitting in a press box for for beyond eight years. The eight years that I worked there and a handful of years after I left, I still worked in the what used to be called the baseball press box. Now it's the main press box over there. And um, I just got spoiled, man. I liked sitting in comfortable seats with uh, the food and, um, you know, not getting rained on and air conditioning blowing on you. And um, and so just, just a complete lightweight, just a complete lightweight. Where there's hardcore fans out there facing the elements and and – fighting and chewing and spitting and um and being great fans not you know not saying that fighting's the way to go but uh you know so so yeah i'm a complete lightweight when it comes to watching the game so i don't know i don't know if i'll be at him it's a fair assessment what about what about you jason i'm doing the travel arrangements with the wife as we speak we're gonna you know hit up florida as we do usually but with the logistics of some games maybe we're gonna catch a game or two on one trip and uh, you guys both, I really would love to see both of you guys up at the MedLife Takeover. Is there any chance we can get both of you gentlemen in the Northeast at the same time? How's that budget looking? 
<laughs> oh, I'm, oh I'm, I mean, look, I'll tell you. I thought you were inviting us. I, if it, yeah, if me, I if heard it commit, too. I'm your witness. I'll uh, I'll pull some Chris Greer, Rob Peter to pay Paul. I'll I'll pull some deals to get some capital oh. to bring you guys in. All right, Bex, you can't cash, Sarney. Come on now. <laughs> if you guys can make it up, we'll get you in. We'll get you in somehow. I, I have Careful. no idea how I could write those checks, but uh, uh, it does look Careful. like it's amazing. I know the guys at Dolphin NYC and, and, and everybody who's involved in that do a phenomenal job. It looks like an incredible experience for sure. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something I've, I've longed to uh, take part in because it does. looks like a hell of an experience. Like, how, how do you not enjoy that, especially if Miami comes in town and, you know, kicks the shit out of, out, out of them? It's, you know, awesome. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. No, we'll we'll just meet up at Publix. It's it's all good. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. See, Sarney doesn't know that, but I, yeah, I'm in Publix minimum five days a week, and um, I treat Publix like it's my refrigerator. You know, if we go down and uh, meals or just groceries. What was the first one? Are you getting like sandwiches? Are you getting like sandwiches there? Whatever, whatever we need. You know, the refrigerator is empty, and so you go to Publix, and and so I'm happy. Savak and I are working on another project together. And so every time I reach out, I'm just leaving Publix or I'm just heading back. So now I just send the videos from like aisle 13 as I'm grabbing Captain Crunch off the aisle or whatever it is. Kind of a and running joke. It is. And it's a treat, man. Every single time I get one, it's it. I die of laughter just because it's so amazing. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm in our favorite place. <laughs> well, there's one right by my house, and they do it right. You know, it's first class over there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can't go wrong if you're at Publix. Oh, not at all. I'm a big fan, actually. That's why I sent you that uh, that GIF earlier. I was like, oh, the Publix subs, pub subs, yep. man. That is almost the uh, the official state food of Florida. Although I think somebody gave that title to Publix Fried Chicken. Publix Fried Chicken? Yeah. I don't know where you land on that, Seth. What would you prefer, the sandwiches or the chicken? Uh, I, I, I uh, indulge in both, you know? You know what? Good don't man. give me a sale. Smart if man. there's a sale, forget about it. The fried chicken's good. Certainly, I, you know, I know the chicken tender sub is what everybody loses their mind over. Really? And when that thing goes on sale, they give you that six ninety nine for a foot long. Um, they can't, they can't kill enough chicken to. to, to <laughs> it's crazy. A great way to put that. See, I, I absolutely. Don't know, I don't know if I've ever tried that one. I might have to go you, get that soon. You haven't had the chicken tender sub? I have not. I wish I could see your face right now. I know you. I don't know what I look like right now, but my screen is frozen. I'm actually looking at a black screen. I'm amazed <sighs> that I still hear you guys talking. <laughs> I still see you guys. What? I still see you guys that, both clear. That worries me. No, I I see Savak and everything. It just got a little darker in the room, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the equipment yeah. failure scares me a little bit. But that's more about other projects. Yeah, yeah. No, don't <laughs> worry. It's still going. Besides, the I've got another computer for that now. Okay, good. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So we're in Too good many state. inside jokes, Arnie. Too many inside jokes. I know. I, I'm okay. I'm just trying to keep up, right? But you, if there's any insight of to what you guys are talking about, you know, the floor is yours to pub anything or give any kind of tease, or am I out of realm here? No, you're fine. I do think Savak just froze, though. It's Saturday nights with what used to be Savak. Like, <laughs> okay, we, we can hear him. We Saturday, yeah, Saturday nights or Saturday nights with Savak's disembodied voice. 
That seems to be what it's yeah, going to be now. That'll be it. But no, so I'm working on, uh, you know, if you follow the fish tank, uh, and if you don't, you can go download the episode. But um, we had a guest by the name of Ralph Stringer. And uh, oh, there's my daughter jumping in on this thing. So we, <laughs> we <laughs> oh, she's too funny. So we had a guest by the name of Ralph Stringer. Ralph is Dan Marino's longtime marketing manager. Uh, he was a phenomenal guest in, in the fish tank. And, and um, but uh, I had the pleasure of working uh, alongside Ralph for almost 15 years. He's a board member of the Jason Taylor Foundation. And, um, you know, really gave us our first offices. We shared offices for, for quite some time. And he just has a remarkable story. And uh, probably eight years ago now, I started, for whatever crazy reason, got the idea that I would write a screenplay uh, about Ralph's life and um, didn't quite finish it. However, many years later, after dabbling in the podcast space, I got another crazy idea that I would convert what I had written into a scripted podcast. So it's a scripted podcast based on a true story. Uh, it's called The First Stringer. You can find it now, but it's just a teaser that uh, I'm, I'm working on it with my brother. Uh, my brother and I are writing, directing, producing it, um, casting everything. The, uh, the quality of actors uh, has quite a range. Um, our star is a bona fide star uh, who's playing Ralph Stringer. Um, and we've got a lot of former Dolphins and, and, and other athletes, uh, professional athletes that are playing characters, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, and then I've got like my next door neighbor and Jason Sarney and, uh, and, you know, and everything in between. But Savak has, uh, you know, I was on Savak's Twitter page and it said that he was a voice actor. <laughs> so I called him up and I'm like, tell me more about this. Are you really a voice actor? He's like, well, kind of. I mean, I know <laughs> I have the skills. I haven't really done any voice acting work. Not that I've been paid for. And it was this whole thing. I'm like, you're perfect. And, uh, and so, so he did something. But the more we talked, I found out that this man has a degree in sound engineering. And, uh, you know, nobody is better at building a team of unpaid professionals than myself. And that comes from 17 years of running a nonprofit. And so Savak became a key component of the first stringer production team. And he's, he's handling all sound design. The range of actors is really well put Seth, because, you know, I'm probably on the low end of that range. I'm like an, oh. I'm like an undrafted free agent, but it's, it's okay. Plenty of undrafted free agents. You know what? Sorry, if anybody's seen these these videos you do with your Matt Damon impersonation, mm -hmm. it, it is as good as anything I've ever seen. So, you know, don't but, sell yourself short. Dude, the ad for this show right here was phenomenal. I that's why I had to ask you. I was like, was that was that you that voiced that? That was the fantastic. <laughs> Hidden talents. Jason Song. I'm just trying to keep up with Savak with the voice talents and just trying to uh, to play in the same sandbox. I agree. <laughs> this Saturday nights with Jason Sarney featuring Savak. Now I'm still here. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, so that's the project. I, you know, it's it's kind of wild. I, I never thought I'd find myself in the podcast space. And, uh, you know, and OJ and I started the fish tank and it really has been a labor of love and, and something we just have so much fun with. And And as I said earlier in the show, uh, joining the Dolphins Podcast Network and alongside Travis Wingfield with Drive Time and, and the guys at the Audible um, has been great. It's been a really, you know, I've never been fully disconnected from the team, thankfully, because, you know, I work for one of the, one of the Mount Rushmore 
uh, guys uh, up there with JT, but um, it, it has connected us with the organization in a different way than, than I have been in years. And, and we have so much fun with the fish tank and, you know, you guys have seen it. The guest list has been uh, just a blast. It's been for me um, having, being able to hang out with guys who I worked with very closely for a number of years, but then also having those moments like Savak described of how he had kind of these, you know, the, the shock and awe of interviewing Jay Fiedler for me to, to have Mark Clayton on and, and Brian Cox and, and, to do a show where Larry Zonka, Larry Little, and Mercury Morris walk in and sit down in front of your microphone, I mean, that was uh, unbelievable. And and we try to be a little different in the tank, and we try to give listeners um, kind of a peek behind the curtain and and uh, let them hear what it would sound like if, if me and OJ and those guys were just sitting, kicking it, and nobody was listening. Um, and hopefully that's what we're accomplishing. As far as I have noticed, yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> and that's, uh, it is it's awesome. It's kind of surreal. It's got to be incredibly, I can't even, uh, that surreal doesn't even begin to describe it, I don't think. You know, to some of those names that you listed, they just walk in, they're sitting right in front of you, and you, you just get to talk to them. That's incredible. Yeah, and the stories, you know, the stories have been great. And, and we're really lucky, I think, between OJ and I, and more OJ than myself. I mean, he's got so much respect from players from every era. Um, you know, it, you know, a guy is legit when guys who came before him respect him, um, because as old guys, we always, you know, and I, I play, but just, just in general, as older people, we always look down on younger generation. Oh, in my day, what? but when the older guys look at a guy and say, yeah, he played the game the way we played it. Um, so OJ just commands so much respect. I've been fortunate enough to build some wonderful relationships. Um, and, and guys just seem to be comfortable and have a good time with us, and, and that's what it's all about. And I think if that's happening, then the listener is going to have a great experience. I think that's the key, absolutely. So I suppose what would be a no, – that's, that's a that's a tough question to answer. Uh, Hit <laughs> me. Now ask, i got to know. <laughs> I guess what, what would be probably the biggest bond that you formed with a player outside of Jason Taylor? Yeah, uh, um, I guess it is a tough question. Uh, you know, I don't know that I could pick just one. I have so many guys. Um, but, uh, you know, Zach is a, is a tremendously close friend. Um, Izzo, you know, th th and those guys were there. I mean, we literally came into the league together. Um, they just were much more talented yeah. and cooler than I was as just an intern. <laughs> but we all started in 1996. So those two guys, Mark Dixon, um, was a guy I had a very, very, very close relationship with. Um, and I, it's hard for me to reach Mark every now and then, but when I do, it's just, man, like like, like the old days. Um, so, no, those, those are all really special relationships. But I could go on and on, uh, guys who have remained loyal to us with the foundation. Um, but, uh, you know, from – I mean, it's it, – like I said, from, from Sean Wooden to Pat and Sam to – Derek Rogers to Tim Bowens to uh, to Jay Fiedler to you know uh, and just on and on and on um, really just special guys we we had a great locker room for for a long time just um if there's any fun public relations nice stories that you could say uh, a tame tale that you could say that's a fun memory in your experiences so uh, narrow it down for me <laughs> uh, a, a a road trip situation. Dealing with any kind of a road trip situation, a travel, logistics, 
snafu. This sounds like a setup. This sounds like a setup. No setup. No setup. <laughs> maybe I had a little uh, little intel. So um, yeah, I mean, one you know, one of the things that happens when you work in sports is um, people like to play pranks. Uh, you know, you can't take yourself too seriously, no matter who you are. And 1997, my first year as a full-time employee, I was an intern in 96, got hired full first year. Uh, we played a game against the Patriots, but we stayed in Dedham. Um, and uh, my roommate had a horrific snoring, I'll call it a problem. He had a horrific snoring problem. And it was so severe that I at two or three in the morning was losing my mind. I stripped my bed of its bed sheets and I went out into the hallway at the Hilton Dedham and I slept in the hallway outside of my door uh, in the team hotel. Um, had to get a good night's sleep, I had to be up, I don't miss team meals, I don't miss the buses. And, and so I was just a mess the next day because, I mean, it's, you know, as you might imagine, it's not the most comfortable experience to sleep on the floor. And um, so what happened was uh, word got out that this happened. And so when I, you know, people laughed at me, they had their fun. But then I got back and Dave O'Connor, who was the head of football operations at the time, came walking in and he had a, uh, an overnight UPS envelope or something. And he walks into Harvey, says, Harvey, I got to talk to you. And he goes into Harvey's office and then they come out and they're, and he's holding this thing and it's from the Hilton Denim and they call me in. And it's this letter from the Hilton saying that, you know, whoever stayed in this room, um, you know, was participating in vagrant behavior. And we had Senator so-and-so's party who came back and they, you know, they, they took their party out of the hotel and uh you know we, we need to address this issue or as much as we love having the miami dolphins stay at our establishment um you know we no longer can contract your team here and so i'm dying and harvey's pissed and he's yelling at me and then scott stone comes walking in and uh the the individual who was snoring worked for scott so harvey starts yelling at scott Scott's yelling at him. It's not my guy's fault. Your guy's the guy who decided to go lay out in the hallway like a bum. And, uh, you know, and there's this whole big production. And I go downstairs and I go tell my roommate, my roommate, Miguel Rueda, uh, who now is University of Colorado for a long, long time as their medical director, I guess. I don't know what his exact title is, but he was a training intern. And I'm telling him and he's like, oh, my God. And I go back upstairs and Brian Weedmeyer who I don't know if he was team president at the time or second in command uh, under Eddie Jones. And he calls me into the, he's standing there with Harvey and I about die. I figured I'd spent my whole life to get to this point to work for the Miami Dolphins, uh, made it through an internship season with Jimmy Johnson, got hired full time. I've achieved the goal. And in my first year, I'm about to get fired for sleeping in the hallway at a hotel. And Brian Weinmeier says, uh, he says, Seth, close the door. And I closed the door and it's me, Harvey and Brian. And Brian was, you know, he was an intense guy. He was not a guy who walked around and smiled and joked. Brilliant man, class act from top to bottom, but he was a very serious guy. And he says, uh, did you receive this letter? Oh, I left out the part that the letter was written to Dave O'Connor, CC Jimmy Johnson, CC Wayne Huizinga, CC... 
you know, um, Brian Weimar. So like, you know, they, they, oh everybody was copied on this thing. I figured I was done. And Brian says, are you aware of this? And I said, I am, sir. He goes, is this true? And I go, well, I hate to say, and then, then he says, you slept on the floor. And I like fell back against the door and I just was like, like my legs got weak or whatever. And I, and I, yeah, I, he says, did you pull the curtains off to put them as bed sheets? And then he and Harvey start cracking up and laughing. And it was like an episode of punk. Scott comes running in the office and he's laughing at me. Neil Gulkis, who was the number two PR guy at the time. He's in on the joke. He's the one who actually wrote the letter. And then Dave O'Connor comes out. And like they all, you know, asking Ashton Kutcher should have come running out. And it was like this big joke. And I just wanted to MF everybody in the room. But I, like I, it was like relief and panic and anger and 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 man, oh man, it was unbelievable. And they pulled the ultimate Aspen. prank. And the depth of the, first of all, fuck, these guys needed to be doing more work, I think, than to be spending. Time I was going to say that's that's very intricate. But Neil apparently wrote the letter. He he then sent it. They sent it to the Hilton. For them to put on their letterhead, they got the the hotel, the whoever the catering director was in on the gig, so that they FedExed it back to us or UPSed it back to us, and uh, and then Scott orchestrated the whole fight with Harvey, and the, I mean the whole thing was a sham. And I go back down to my roommates, like, did they tell you? He was, <laughs> I was like, you know, so um, you learn real quickly not to take yourself too seriously in the NFL. It was the ultimate prank, and a young, so was that 97, a 24-year-old Seth, uh, and, and you'll appreciate this when you get to 24, Spock. You'll understand what it feels like <laughs> at that point in your life. But yeah, a 24-year-old Seth was, um, I, I thought that my professional career was was completely uh, derailed at that moment and had everybody from, and, and so then when, and then when I kind of composed myself, I was like, did Jimmy get a copy of this letter or not? And they're like, no, he has no idea. Like they, the one person they weren't getting in on the joke was Jimmy. So <laughs> Oh, very good. Oh, well, unfortunately, I could not, did not get to witness that entire story in its entirety, but that's okay. I will go back and rewatch it. Uh, for everybody else, I hope you enjoyed it. I believe that's <laughs> I believe that's all we have for you tonight. Uh, don't worry, next time we will probably be better prepared, but also probably not. So uh, <laughs> Listen, I appreciate you guys having me. I don't think you could have picked anybody better, Sarni, to, to host Saturday nights uh, once he gets in on his groove here. Savak is a good man and a talented guy. Um, the two of you guys uh, represent everything that's wonderful about Miami Dolphins fans. Uh, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization. That's somebody else's job. But just as somebody who has a love for the organization and plays some small role, um, you know, you guys, man, it, it, your passion and your dedication is spectacular. I love the support you've given to our show with the fish tank. And uh, and you guys have become great friends. So, um, you know, a lot of fun to be here with you tonight. For sure. We appreciate that. Well, I'm, of course, now I'm speaking for, for Jason. But, <laughs> but we do. We appreciate it. And look, the, it, the passion is real. This is a brand new shirt. This is the first time I've worn this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a special occasion. I wanted to make sure I... I'm honored. Know. I'm honored. Can we get Levitt stitched on the back like we did on this? <laughs> Quite possibly. Tell you what, I will check back with you. <laughs> See, I couldn't have thought. It was, as soon as Sarni told me, he's like, well, how do you feel about it as our first guest? I, I think that's perfect. 
I couldn't have thought of a better guest because, you know, you're a natural storyteller and you always have something. You have these gems that always end up, uh, you know, either leaving us deep in reflection or holding our sides in laughter. So I, I'm a big fan. I was, I was very happy that you got to be our inaugural guest. So thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me, so. man. Lots of fun. Uh, I don't believe we came up with a uh, something to end on. So. <laughs> Freestyle it, man. You don't have a song. I want some original Savak music or something. Freestyle us on out of here. We're, we're working on that. No, we're no, not that. exactly. I'll get back to You're you. You're not a freestyler? I've got to get my brother up in here then. I'm, no, I'm not a freestyler. I'm a great writer. I have a full-length album that's on its way, but I'm right. not a freestyler. My brother's the freestyler. Remember, we talked about this. We yeah, because we both have the brothers who are the freestylers. Exactly. We, we yeah. wanted to. We were talking about potentially getting a freestyle rap battle together with our brothers. Right? Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> when, what are you doing next Saturday? <laughs> what, what, what time? We have scheduling here, Seth. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's figure this out. I'll call my brother as soon as we get off. Sounds great. Yeah. All right. Johnny will so, not turn down. He, he will not turn down a freestyle battle. I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping he does not because this would be just tremendous. <laughs> my brother's got a very unique style to his freestyling. Incredible. But uh, I told you, he's, you know, The Rock put him on his Instagram. Uh, so so he's, he's definitely got some skills. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, a little, little bit of clout there. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> don't tell your brother. Let's just say, let's just have him walk right into it. You're right. I'm with it. Yeah, we <laughs> right. gotta get we gotta get on this rap battle. I got kids to tuck in. Sorry, promised me 30 minutes. We're way over time here. <laughs> I spoke 47 of them. I apologize, but he said, Pat he, just... said we were, he said we were shooting for 30 shooting. minutes. Shooting. Exactly. We were damn near at 30 minutes. We hadn't even got done talking about Tim Tebow. It's just true. We'll cut Tebow out next week. We'll just cut him out of next week, Saturday. But uh, oh, too funny. The Vox going to be doing this all all year, all decade, and however long he wants to do it beyond that. Well, fill my Saturday nights. Fish Tank's not going to come back till August. Okay, so new episodes in August. In the meantime, awesome. uh, I expect to see both of you guys at the next Jason Taylor All In for Literacy Virtual Poker Championship event on uh, June 23rd. So expect to yes, see sir. you guys there raising money for the Jason Taylor Foundation. And uh, Savak, you'll hear from me uh, five more times this week because um, we'll try to get episode one wrapped up. That's right. And I, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, see, that's why as soon as we hopped on here, I was like, oh, well, it's just a typical, you know, <laughs> typical Saturday night. I'm hearing from Seth. So we're just going to chat. <laughs> that's it. And for everybody it's else normal. out there, have a good weekend. Savak, Seth, thanks very much. And uh, fins up, everybody. All right. Woo. Enjoy your Saturday. Thank you, sir. <laughs>